Hi, this is Libby. And this is Roberta. And this is Art Blog Radio. This morning we're speaking with Tyler Klein. Tyler Klein's art combines sculpture and installation and has some metaphysical, wizardly underpinnings. His installations, which we've seen at Little Berlin, where he's a member, sprawl from one end of a room to another with materials like string and wadded up and painted tinfoil, or plaster casts of teeth. Klein moved to Philadelphia from Portland, Oregon recently, and has just completed his MFA degree at Pennsylvania Academy of the Fine Arts, and that's where we're speaking with him. So let's talk about why you wound up in Philadelphia. You've been here eight years. What brought you here? Uh, well, I did my undergrad at Portland State University between 98 and 2003. And after I graduated, you know, I knew I didn't want to really stick around in the Pacific Northwest. It's a really beautiful area, um, but it, it was just, it felt limiting in what I could do. You know, it, it, it's not a very diverse area culturally. And if you fit in, then it's great, but if you don't, then um, I thought I'd, I just needed to come back to the East Coast. I grew up in outside of Atlanta. Um, I, I don't feel like I ever culturally acclimated myself to the West Coast. I, you know, I'd always really been interested in Philadelphia. And I have like really deep roots uh, in skateboarding, in skateboarding culture. And, you know, growing up in Atlanta, you know, when it was flourishing on the East Coast, Philadelphia was kind of the, the capital for skateboarding. And strangely enough, when I was in high school, I worked at this place called the Philly Connection, where we made cheesesteaks. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, on, on my break, I would just kind of like sometimes sit and look at this map of Philadelphia that we had and be like, oh, that really, you know, it really looks like a fascinating place. And, you know, when I was in my early 20s and I, I left the South, it was kind of like a toss-up between Philly or Portland, and at that time I'd never been out of the South, and Philadelphia just seemed kind of too daunting at the time. So are you still skateboarding to get around? Not to get around. I, I ride a bike, but I do uh, still skateboard. I, go, I usually go to the parks like Pops Playground or um, FDR in South Philly. And how's Philly as a place to make art? I think it's a great place. Um, you know, the, the rents are affordable, studio space is very affordable, uh, the community I've found is very open, um, you know, there's, there's not the kind of uh, cutthroat competition that I've seen in other places, although that does exist, I mean, in the arts, you know, it's, uh, it can be a name game, but I've found a lot of people that are just very experimental and they understand that this isn't really like a big commercial market. And one of the things that actually defines it is there's a, a very staunch, non-commercial, experimental strain. So does your, um, does your son look at your art? I'm asking this because it's rather dark. Yeah, I mean, it's a, a lot of what I, I think, especially what I put out there, there's kind of, you know, I'm very interested in, uh, I guess what you would call a, a caustic or grotesque beauty. Um, I'm aware of that with what I show in my house. There's not a lot of like my work on the walls anymore, or if there is, it's portraits that I've done. Um, you know, like every now and then I guess I'll do something that seems a bit lighter. But my, I mean, my, <laughs> yeah, but my, my interests have always kind of 
uh, lean towards uh, you know things that have a really heavy weight of history and, and existential angst. Does that come from growing up in the South, do you think? I really think it does come from like growing up, because I grew up in Stone Mountain, Georgia, which is like right outside of Atlanta. And, and the elders, they, you know, there was this obsession with like first the Civil War and then the Vietnam War. I mean, I remember everybody's father was, was a vet or was in the military to some degree. My, my father was never there, but he was in the Naval Reserves. He, in fact, he retired Naval Reserves. And he was a dentist. Another thing that, you know, like the more, the older I get in having a child, I realize how much it kind of molded my viewpoint, but there was this really awful kind of like reign of terror, the Atlanta child murders that went on for three years. That was about that. You were then, how old then? I was like between the ages of seven and like ten. And it was a really, you know, like, it was a real reign of terror for being like that young, and I had a younger brother. And it was all happening like in and around Memorial Drive, like within Atlanta. But I grew up on Memorial Drive on its terminal end. It, st- it starts like right downtown and then goes all the way to Stone Mountain, Georgia. And I was in a neighborhood right off of that road. So it was really, you know, this thing that, that like still nobody talks about. And I, and I, don't, want, I don't want people to think it was all, you know, like doom and gloom, but... Because was, you know, because I grew up, in, I grew up in this, you know, like on a lake in a, in an area where um, there were beautiful woods at the time. This organic sense that I have in my work, I think, really comes from that, from like really heavy magnolia trees and weeping willows and, and dense, um, you know, pine forests. But then there's this other thing, this, this thing that's like very real that I see expressed in art in so many cultures maybe not so much in american culture the real like flesh and blood and death and hair and teeth the the viscera you know that we don't have to deal with so much if we don't want to that i've never been able to to shy away from did you live in the city I well i lived in stone mountain and, i'm in here oh oh no i live in east falls now so that, you know, it's technically Philadelphia, but I, I'm right, kind of uh, situated right up from the Schuylkill River, and the Wissahickon is very close. And so I do the same things now with my son. We go into the Wissahickon, make castles out of sticks and sand, and look for the little, uh, the little river clams and crawdads. And that aesthetic that I love, like what an insect looks like, you know, like... Picking up stones and, and looking at millipedes and beetles and I mean that's, things like that are so beauty, beautiful to me. But how did you get to tin foil? Well, the aluminum foil I've started doing in Portland. I know some of it comes from this restaurant called Montage. They served really large portions, and to go they would put it in aluminum foil and they would twist up the top in like kind of these funny animal shapes and I was like oh there's really a lot of possibilities with that and I was and I was getting my undergrad in sculpture and uh and I did an installation just uh, hanging it from the wall and people were like oh I think you found your material you should really stick with this and I, I did it off and on and I was like oh I, don't, I really resisted becoming like the crazy aluminum foil guy <laughs> But I feel like I, you know, like I'm, I'm known for that, and it's there's still so many possibilities with it, and that it's a very malleable metal. 
So do you have some kind of a story in your mind when you're making the pieces you're making, some kind of folk tale or alternate universe or something of that ilk? Well, I, I do read a lot of folk tales. Uh, a lot of my ideas come from literature. Um, like what are you reading? Or right now, like for the umpteenth time, I'm trying to get through uh, Gravity's Rainbow. <laughs> oh yeah, how's that going? <laughs> it, I, I mean, strangely, I, it, it, like I've done before, I switched off and I've, I've started reading other things. I go to the library a lot, I check out graphic novels, that's a big influence. One of the most influential books that I've read in the past couple of years is um, Bolano's 2666 novel. So like that type of fiction I love. And I love folk tales and I also love the sciences. So for me, a lot of it is this um, where quantum physics meets folk tales. And I don't, I don't stick too heavily to a script. Um, oftentimes, if I have any script, it's like kind of mining my own uh, personal history. You know, with the teeth, a lot of it is materials that my father used. He was a dentist. And when I was a kid, I remember he had a... a access to like this dental lab and he took me there one night and he would make jewelry kind of in his spare time and if I'm making something like that it's much less playing around like the, the work that you saw here is actually bronze those towers of teeth are bronze did you fabricate them yourself yeah I did a lot of bronze pouring here I wasn't aware there was a bronze pouring yeah, foundry here yeah seventh floor so uh, I took four semesters of foundry so um, you're with Little Berlin, and Little Berlin is a group of, a collective that does curating. And could you talk to us a little bit about being an artist and a curator? Uh, I, f I feel like I came into this a while back because I was, I was working in a culture, you know, directly out of like street art, skateboarding, and I kind of started organizing shows in Atlanta around 96 in, in this old like um, kind of curiosity shop called Chances and it was just a way of like showing my work and my friends work because nobody was into it at the time I mean now it's like this big genre street art skateboarding art it's this you know there's this big show right now at the Los Angeles Museum of Contemporary Art but at the time it just it wasn't uh, and then when I came to Philly um, it was, you know, it was like, it was similar. I fell in with some people that used to do um, the Minnow Gallery and, and you know, like kind of hanging out there, being, being part of some of their group shows. And, and then when Little Berlin opened, I was really interested in the space and what they were doing. And we were kind of like bouncing ideas around and one of them was, you know, like, well, what if it was a curator's collective? That would be really interesting instead of you know, just gearing up for your own solo show like most collectives do. And my interest in curation is kind of like pushing the boundaries of just what can it be. Do you have a show coming up? Sorry. I do. It's in November at Little Berlin. And what's and the theme? Or... The, what's the... Uh, when my last show, which was Cities of the Red Knight, was the beginning of kind of a trilogy. I'm interested in, in, in trilogies, in, in triptychs, doing things in 
sequence. And so conceptually, it's kind of it's based off the uh, the last trilogy of William S. Burroughs. It was named after one of his last books, which was Cities of the Red Knight. And it was a trilogy where it was Cities of the Red Knights, The Place of the Dead Roads, and The Western Lands. And it's about um, language, mostly. There's going to be a lot of kinetic sculpture, but the over, overall theme is kind of uh, the, the evolution and, and breakdown um, of language. So do you know who's in the show yet? There's, there's going to be um, a lot of artists, and I'm going to do an open call for uh, street art posters. So my, my role is, you know, other than like gathering the people, is I'm again going to create an interior architecture of the space that's kind of going to be. How, how will you do it? Because last time you did one with tinfoil yeah, yeah, partitions. This is going to be um, mostly like plywood, cardboard, plastic sheeting, and duct tape. I've always wanted to do this like plastic sheeting, duct tape architecture ever since, you know, after September 11th. That was one of the, the viable, uh, you know, alternatives that they gave people. Like in case of terrorist attack, they, they actually told people, like, go stock up on, you know, plastic tarping and duct tape. I know that. <laughs> I got that in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> And, and when I first moved to Philly, um, you know, Suburban Station was, like, under construction for years. This is, like, in 2003. And they had all this plastic tarping, like, taped up and lights, and it was really strange. It was this real strange introduction to the city, and I was like, oh, this is really so, so beautiful in a way. Trying to get a feel for the city, and I was using public transportation, and... And, and Suburban Station was very influential. Like, you know, you could get easily get lost in, like, all the... There's, like, miles of tunnels. Well, we've been talking today with Tyler Klein, and thank you for talking to us. Thank you, Tyler. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me out to do this. Art Blog Radio is brought to you by theartblog.org. Thanks to our sponsors, including the Knight Foundation and Fleischer Art Memorial. Also, we want to thank Peter Crimmins, who makes us sound good. He's our editor. And Eric Biondo, who provided the music. You can download these podcasts at theartblog.org slash radio.